Hey, and welcome to the Centenary Podcast, a podcast created to help our church, as well as the church, grow in our faith as we all continue to follow Jesus. So this week we're starting a two-part conversation on the topic of fear. Fear is an aspect to human life that can be helpful, but also heavily destructive. It can keep us from danger, but also convince us of unlimited false realities. Today we're simply talking about how the Bible sees fear, and next week we're going to be talking about how fear affects relationships. So we hope that this week's episode is uh, helpful to your spirit and uh, gives you some stuff to think about as you go forward in your relationship with Jesus. So without further ado, let's hop on in. All right, we are here for another week. James, how are you? I'm doing good. Good afternoon. It is a good afternoon. I'm a little sleepy though, but it's going to be it's going to be a good conversation today because we are talking about uh, I, I think something that all of us know to an extent, which is fear. Yeah. Um, and before I, I I think I think this conversation can go multiple ways. And so uh, talk about heavy stuff, talk about practical stuff. But uh, before we get into it, I would love to pray. I'd love to pray over you. I'd love to pray over me. And then uh, just anybody who's listening right now. So I'd love for you to do that. Let's do it. Uh, Lord, thanks for this time. Thanks for, thanks for this space. Um, This is a sweet space to, to me. And I know for, for James and those who are uh, tuning in, it's, it's just a, it's a different space to hear life-giving truth and uh, just to talk about life in a, in a real way. And so God, I pray this conversation would be uh, good and uh, it would be glorifying to you and that uh, both for myself and James and anybody who's listening, it help our spirit. I mean, that's the, that's the cry of our hearts for this, this podcast would be, it would to strengthen us as we continue to follow you each day. And uh, some of those days are, are good and other days they, can be just consumed by fear. And so, um, Lord, I ask that you take our words and take our our, our minds here mm-hmm. and uh, use them for the next few minutes. So, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, talking about talking about fear. Yeah. Um, we, we had, uh, I had said, so at Park, specifically on last Sunday, um, we were, we were singing a song and there was just this, I don't know, just this inkling of me of just, hey, I feel like there's people in this room who have just like this sense of fear over yeah. them. And so got up on stage, few people stood up, had the room kind of come around and pray for me. It was a really sweet moment. Uh, but that's just been in my head for the last, I don't know, well, when was Sunday? Like four or five days ago. And, uh, but even more so, like me personally, it's, I've, and you know this, I, I told you a little bit about just how I feel like this, and it's like the imagery is like a cloud. Some it's just, it's been over myself for a little bit. And it's just, yeah. I don't know how to have the framework in the last couple of weeks. It's just been like, what is, what's kind of going on? Like, like my heart just feels heavy and my mind just feels like it's just clouded in all different directions. And so I was like, what better, what better thing to yeah. talk about than than fear? So, uh, I know we're going to talk about like fear itself today, and then um, next week we're going to talk about how does fear move into relationships, which I think is going to be it's going to be a really good conversation because I think when you look at the Bible, what God is after is a relationship. He wants to draw yeah, you into yeah. a relationship with Him, but then He also wants to unify the the rest of humanity to each other 
through relationships, friendships, sure. romantic, like all those. But the thing that typically just gets completely in the way and you see it in Genesis chapter three is like fear. Mm-hmm. There's why did Eve, uh, you know, really choose to take that, take that fruit? Well, you see that um, there was this desire for wisdom that God was holding out on her, that yeah. there's this aspect to, oh no, like, is, is God not telling me everything? Is there things that I need to know? And so that fear aspect, I mean, it just drives the entire Bible and you and I totally understand fear. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Fear, fear and anxiety, I think is, it's one of the the biggest thing that it, it plagues people in general, I think right now, but it, it, all it, it, I'm surprised at how it really plagues Christians. Hmm. I'm hearing more and more, you know, especially especially teenagers. They're really dealing with anxiety and fear right now in a way that's, I don't know. I, over the years, I've heard that of people who've had anxiety and fear, but I'm starting to pay attention to it more because of the frequency yeah. that, I, that I hear about it. And and you're right. It goes all the way back to the beginning. And uh, fear is fear. Well, f- first, let me just say, I think there's healthy fear. Yeah. And then there's neurotic fear. So hmm. it's like, you know, there's a healthy fear that, you know, at a very basic level, like, I don't want to touch, I don't put my hand in the fire because yeah. it's going to get burned. That's a healthy fear. Right. Neurotic fear is like... Everybody hates me. I'm going to mess up. Mm. I, you, know, I, you know what? What's what are people going to think of me? Or right. what if I go bankrupt next week? Or yeah. what if I lose my job? And and you know this neurotic kind of fear that people have. Or what if you know what if my wife leaves me? Or what if you know what if something happens to my, one of my kids? And and I think that you know sure I think it's a human thing to to think. Well, what would I do if something bad happened? Right. But as Christians, I think we really ought to be able to bring that underneath what I would call underneath the cross. Yeah. And I don't think you can do it by yourself either. That's the other part of it. I think that you need people to walk with you through those times with those things. And, yeah. And a lot of times we we do try to deal with those things all alone. Mm. Um, and in Christian community, I think we walk with each other and we love each other and we and we reassure each other. That those unhealthy fears are are probably never going to happen. Yeah. Somebody had said to me one time that you know think about all think about a couple things you were worried about ten years ago. Did, <laughs> did they happen yeah. or not? And it's always like no, they didn't happen. Right? Yeah, they, they didn't. And um, it's it's a it's a big thing for humans though, and that's why I think right. the Bible talks a lot about about fear. Yeah, and you know I, I just. I, I, I was thinking about this not long ago that that there are so many ways that we underrepresent God because we're fearful mm. of what you know we might say something wrong or what other people might think of us. Yeah, and and God really calls us to to live live in boldness and to trust Him, and and you can even do the what ifs. What if I lost all my money through bankruptcy, or what if? my spouse left me or what if something happened to my child? Yeah. Those would be really terrible things. They would be hard things. Um, but I'd still either, I'd have a choice. I'd either have to still trust God or not. Yeah. Just like I'm having to trust God now or not knowing that those things probably won't happen. But, yeah. but if they do, 
if they do, that God's going to be there for me. Yeah. And 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 in my case, I can say this: I have a I have a community of Christians around me that will walk with me. I know right. in in those in those times. But I think we get isolated, and we begin to let those fears overtake us. And I think the enemy really uses it absolutely. against us. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested that that you've you've been kind of dealing with that a little bit, and, and I think that uh, I think we all do right at, at some point yeah. in our lives. I think we we'll, we we'll, we do all deal with it. It's what are you going to do with it? Absolutely. That's the that's the key. Yeah. No, I mean, I think. I think one of the big things that I noticed over the last week, so got to go over to Abbey of Gethsemane, was at the monastery for a couple of days. Yeah. And and there's there's this thing about our work, right? Like when when we go into a moment of rest, like from a Christian perspective, even like there's this spiritual attack, right? Yeah. There's this these thoughts that can get so easily, hey, this is just me thinking and whatnot. But then when you really, really start paying attention to what's actually going through your head and you start kind of looking into the Bible of like, all right, there's this presence, whether it's a being or a singular being or like there's multiple like demons, things like that, is that there's this lying aspect of I think we – we take a lot of fear off of what the enemy puts in front of us, whispers in our minds in in the in the depths of our in the depths of our minds of just planting these seeds of doubt or discomfort and, and yeah. that leads into this trigger. And so I was at the monastery and so it it's a time of retreat. It's a time to be alone. And there's these tiny little things that keep going in my head of just like Oh well, it's Tuesday, and I know we're having this meeting, and it's just like, yeah, but what's happening? What's happening in that meeting? And, yeah. and so, and so, there's this thing of like doubt, or or or, or there was, uh, oh, here was here was another one. Um, so Wednesday night, uh, the the last one. So, um, uh, guy named Pete Mara, he works at the Colson Center. He's been yeah. with us in the last the last two Wednesday nights, and so. Um, and and it drove me insane and i don't know why it was so so prevalent but it, it just it was the tiniest little thing so uh i asked zach i was like hey zach can you can you be around to introduce pete uh at the wednesday night thing and then i asked jacob and i was like hey can you set up a tv and just make sure he's okay there simple things two yeah. two things a 12 year old could have done completely easily. Uh, you've got a guy who's, um, in his, in his forties, he understands technology and everything. And I mean, I'm sitting there like in, in my room at Gethsemane, just like freaking out of just like, what happens if the TV doesn't work? And then what, then he's gonna, and I mean, it was just these tiny little things of just like, what? Spencer Spencer. Like What? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a table between us right now. Yeah. But after the podcast, I'm going to give you a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I was. It was such an interesting because at the same time, it wasn't me just being like, "Oh yeah, I'm freaking out" kind of thing. Like it was like me actively battling something. Yeah. Of yeah. like that's not it's not true. Like, like what? Like okay. Even if we, and then you start to rationalize, yeah. like, say the TV doesn't work. I think, <laughs> I think Pete has done enough presentations where if the technology doesn't work, that's right. he'd be fine. That's right. But I'm over here just like, oh yeah. man. And then there's this, 
there's this fear, there's this thing that comes up. Like, and I love how you said it, like this neurotic fear of Mm -hmm. just, there's something that consumes us that, yeah, it's probably playing on deeper stuff, but just the fact that something could go wrong and even, and we can get into this too, um, like that I'm not there or I overestimate myself to be able to do something as turn on a TV there's this control piece to it. Of yeah, like, well, there's this. Uh, oh, I think it's all those things. And and you mentioned, I think, the million dollar word there, and mm. and that's control. And and I'm I'm, I'm not going to mention any names, but a really good friend gave me a book about control the other day. Yeah, and I'm I'm reading it, and it's it's really it's just rocking my world, Spencer. It's it's it was written by a pastor and his wife hmm. and and it's and and so these are people who've been in ministry and the book starts out um talking about throughout history how these major players in religion christian leaders throughout history people like John Wesley our guy in the yeah. Wesleyan movement and Martin Luther and John Calvin yeah. and it just goes down the list of all these people, these Christian leaders over the years, who predicted that we were going to have Jesus come back Yeah, at a certain time. Hmm. Like John Wesley, he, he flat out said in many of his sermons, you know, the world won't be here past 1836. Wow. You know, Jesus is going to come back before 1836. Wow. And, you know, John Calvin, he, he said a time, <clears throat> Martin Luther said, you know, no way we'll finish this century. Jesus will return before the, the end of the century. Wow. Um, and then I was thinking about some modern times cause I, I was, I graduated from high school in 1987 and I would, the second year uh, that I was in college, this little pamphlet came out, hmm. and it was called 80, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. Huh. And, I mean, it was huge. People were, like, just talking about it everywhere. It was getting media attention. People were selling their houses. They were quitting their jobs. And I, and I, and I remember thinking at the time as a college student, because I wasn't real involved in church and at all in college. And I was thinking, why would you sell your house if, if the end of the world's coming? What does it matter? What are you going to do with the money? Mm. So, so yeah. Right? And, I, and it was just weird. <laughs> and, of course, you know, yeah. everybody was, like, waiting for And, I mean, there wasn't even time. There was a time in everything, the day and the time. And everybody was just like sitting around waiting, and it didn't happen. And then you were telling me the other day about uh, in your in oh, your yeah, lifetime, like our and, big one was 2012. That's yeah, right. The yeah. Mayan calendar coming to an end. The Mayan calendar. Yeah, yeah. And yeah then but, we we showed up to service. I was in. I, yeah, I was a I was a sophomore in high school, and then we showed up to Sunday service, and my youth pastor was just like, "Well." <laughs> We're still here. We're still here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and the point that she's making in the beginning of this book is here are these, you know, great Christian leaders Mm. in history who did exactly what Jesus said you shouldn't do. Yeah. That no one knows the day or the hour of Christ's return. And and he even went a step further. Jesus said, I don't even know. Only the Father knows. Yeah. And and she contends, and I agree with her, that it's all about control. And there's this there's this thing inside us as humans mm. that we want to control things that we're not sure about. Absolutely. And 
if we feel like we're not controlling them well, that turns into anxiety and fear. And and that's why Jesus talks about it, because it's a normal thing. It doesn't mean you're a bad person if you struggle yeah. with fear and anxiety. It just means that you can really, really apply what Jesus taught us. And Because Jesus was like, hey, you know, look at the birds of the air. Look yeah. at the lilies of the field. God takes care of them. If he takes care of them, you really think he's not going to take care of you too? Right. And so it's a it's a hard thing. I believe it's used by the enemy a lot to keep us from being all that we can be. Absolutely. And then there are, you know, people in our lives sometimes that that because of expectations make us feel mm. that way. And and we have to really I think make a conscious decision that when that fear starts to overtake me, I'm going to talk to myself and say, you know, God has this under control. It's yeah. going to be okay. There's a there's a, a old motivational speaker. Some people have heard of him named Dale Carnegie, and he wrote a book many many years ago called um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm. And part of the book is about fear and nervousness, and you know why we get keyed up and worried about things. And one of the things that he said to do is when you're worried about something, immediately say, "Okay, what if what would happen if this happened?" Yeah, and then you kind of going down your mind like, okay, well, you know, this would happen, and this would happen, that would be terrible. And he's like, yeah, all those things would be terrible. Would you still would you die because of that? And and hmm. most things are like, yeah. no, nah, I probably wouldn't die. And right. he said, well, as long as you're not dead, there's always hope. Yeah. And and he said, if you'll go down those those list of things, now that seems like a simple thing, but I think the 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 really thinking behind it is. Do we believe that God's in control or not? Mm. And are we willing to give up control and even have something happen that we don't want to happen and know that we can can give it to God when it happens? Absolutely. And so I I just think it's a human thing. And and it's all... It's hard. I've been there. I mean, I've had times of fear and I've had times of anxiety and... And sometimes the hard thing is for some folks, it is debilitating mm-hmm. and, and difficult. Yeah. No, I, uh, you said the, um, the, the birds in the air, why, yeah. why be anxious? Why do that? And then it, it's, it's kind of like the, the theme and people probably heard a lot of just fear comes when it comes to a God kind of realm thing, there's a fear of scarcity. Yeah. And it contradicts completely the opposite of the Bible, right? God's got the whole world, everything in it is his, and he gives abundantly and generously to everything. But yet, when fear comes about, that generosity immediately turns into scarcity. There's yeah. not enough for yeah. me. God doesn't have enough for me. And then it makes me think like, okay, yeah, the things that I need, sure, I can understand that God's not going to give me this money or he's not going to provide for this thing or he's not going to provide, you know, my basic, you know, basic needs, I guess you yeah. could say. But then I'm, I think the first thing that I go to the top of my head is, is when, the Israelites first get the okay to leave Egypt and go back up to Israel. And Pharaoh's like, get out. I'm done with you, your people Mm -hmm. and your God, like get out. And then all of a sudden he changes his mind again. And he's like, never mind. We just let, you know, the largest group of uh, slaves go. We're going to go get them back. And so they're rushing out. And then all of a sudden panic, just they're at the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. Panic just breaks out. And so God provides the way to literally 
escape that whole thing. Yeah. And the entire time they're just keep being plagued with, you know, we're going to die. God doesn't, God let us out here to die and everything. And that same fear kind of takes into play, which is not only God's just not going to provide for me, yeah. but God's not with me. He's not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done. And I think one of fear's biggest traps and the enemy's biggest traps with using fear is the isolation piece. Yeah. You're yeah. alone. Not only the people around you, because here's something like for me, when I'm, when something's fearful, when I'm, when I'm in a spot of fear mm-hmm. and, and I'll talk more about this next week too, with like the relational side, yeah. my, my, my control tendency is to go and make something right or gain the information I need to kind of quell that anxiety, yes, right? Where you yes, start, yes. Hey, are, are we okay? Is are things, are things yeah. okay? Is every, yeah. is everything okay? So that. I can take things into my own in my own mind. And so that was one of the things which was really interesting at Gethsemane where it was like, it was just me. It was just me and God. Yeah. And it was awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was it was awful. And there were prayers after prayer after prayer of just like, why, why aren't you enough in this? Yeah. And I kept this phrase kept coming back into my head was um, God doesn't have your back. Like he doesn't have your back. He, in your work, in your life, in your thing, you, you can't go anywhere mm. because God doesn't have your back. He's not going to look out for you. And I just keep, I just kept biting into that, that yeah, apple. Yeah. I mean, it was just over and over again. And it was just like, I'd get to a point where I'm like, okay, I think I'm okay. And then it would just flare back up. Yeah. Like God, God doesn't have your back. You're right. God, God doesn't have my back. And so it's just like, yeah. this, uh, almost grit. That's, that's totally yeah. the enemy. Yeah, that absolutely. Talks to us like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's just that that space that you have to bring yourself into, which I've been kind of digging into a little bit more, which is like it's just spiritual warfare. Like yeah. how much is me? And I think what the enemy wants to do is he wants to convince you that there's something wrong with you. This is all just you know, how mm-hmm. God wired you to be, and you just gotta deal with it. And he might he might come in here and there. But I mean, the Bible actively talks yeah. against this, like this kind of fear, this yeah. neurotic fear, which how I want to kind of end this conversation is there's two instances that I was, I was writing down and I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on it too, because in one sense, so first John four eighteen says, perfect love cast out fear, right? Yeah, yeah. We understand that. I understand fear. I understand what it does to me, the anxieties that come with it, the control, yes. all of that. And so I'm supposed to be in a space and consistently being close to God, being in perfect love, and that'll cast all that out. Yeah. But then you get to some other places in the Bible, Proverbs 1, 7, where you want wisdom. You want to be close to the Lord. Yeah. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord, yeah. And so it's like, how do you, Yeah. how am I supposed to reconcile these two things of like, Wait, I thought we were supposed to get rid of fear, but now, mm-hmm. now coming to the Lord is through fear. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's it's that you know healthy fear versus neurotic fear. Absolutely. It's like you know healthy healthy fear is is like God. You know, I I, I serve an entity that knows more than I do, and and I'll never know more than God knows, and and the and in the moments, I think back in my life, the moments 
that I had this kind of debilitating fear sometimes, it was always around me trying to outthink God. Mm-hmm. Now, I never would have said it that way. Right. I never would have admitted it. But but it's like, you know, like you said earlier, in those moments when you think, well, God doesn't have my back yeah. because this wouldn't be happening if God had my back. Right. And that's that's not true because as you look at people throughout Scripture, you know, they would go to the edge before God would say, Hey, here I am. Right. And and it's then that's all about a faith issue. Now, some people hear that and they think, well, that's a cruel God that makes you go to the edge. Not really. I think that I think faith is is something that has to be built. Yeah. And faith is not something that we just wake up one day and have the faith to move them out. Faith, yeah. Yeah. It's it's something that has to be built. And I think God created us so that when we see him work, that builds our faith. And that healthy fear of this entity that knows more than I do, Spencer, is something that I think if so many Christians who struggle with areas of faith, and do I really believe this, and is this stuff really true, I think if they really understood that there's a healthy fear of God, Mm. and and God did not reveal everything to us, and sometimes I have to say that to myself over and over again, God did not reveal everything to James. God did not reveal and will not reveal everything to James. Paul said, you know, we see through this glass that's all smoked up in this world. But when we step over into eternity, that's when it's all going to become clear. And we're going to see why, how, when, who was involved with us and and how God made that a part of the plan. So I think the healthy fear, and it is con- it, it is confusing sometimes yeah. because we see throughout Scripture, you know, we do have to fear the Lord. Yeah. But I think it's a fear like a like you fear disappointing someone who loves you mm. a lot. Yeah. Um. And and I don't know about you, but I have disappointed people before who love me a lot, mm. and. After I felt terrible, I mean, I feel awful when I think about it. Even right now, I'm thinking about some specific things. I just feel just terrible. Hmm. And the fear is, is that I don't ever want to do that again. Right. And that's a healthy fear. Right. That's a healthy fear. But usually unhealthy fear and neurotic fear, get this, Hmm. neurotic fear is when it's all about you. Mm. That's that's neurotic fear. Most neurotic fear is about what's going to happen to me. What huh. does this mean for me? Yeah. What are they going to think about me? Yeah. Healthy fear is I don't want to hurt somebody else. Mm. I don't want to be the source of pain for a person that I love and who I know loves me. I don't want to. I don't want to to live against a holy God who yeah. has a perfect plan for my life, who loves me, who's given his son so that my sins would be wiped clean. I don't want to to live against that. Yeah. And not only have people not see Christ in me, but it might even hurt their faith walk. I don't ever want to hurt someone else's faith walk. That's a healthy fear. Yeah. And and so I think that's the best way. I mean, we could talk for three podcasts about this, but but I do think that those neurotic fears are always about us. Yeah. And what's going to happen to us and Absolutely. how does this affect us? 
Um, now, sometimes it's about we can have neurotic fears about other people, right? But mostly, it's it kind of comes down to you know me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what that's what the enemy wants. It's yeah. The enemy wants to divide that. He wants to separate you by using fear to yeah. separate you from God. That's right. If that's supposed to be a relationship, he wants that division as and much as separate possible. us, separate us in other relationships with people exactly. that God would have us be in to build exactly. each other up and walk with each other. Yeah. That's the other part of it. We can talk right. more about that later, but maybe yeah. next week, but um but yeah, I mean it's it, fear is fear at its worst is um it's destructive. Mm. It's it's meant to destroy. That's the enemy uses fear to destroy. Yeah. That's just, that's what it's, that's what he uses it for. Absolutely. God uses fear to make us better. Mm. And, you know, I don't, that just popped in my head. I don't even know why I said that. That was but, good though. But I do think, I do think that's it, that, that, that the enemy uses fear to always destroy. And it does. Listen, think about, you know, you're worried about the dumb television yeah. at the Abbey Gethsemane. Right. You know, that's just, that's a, that's a fear that is destroying you and your time with God actually exactly. in that place. Mm. But you know, the, the fear, the fear that, that I want to, I want to always be in alignment with a holy God and his plan for me. Absolutely. I'm afraid of not doing yeah. that. I'm really afraid right. of not doing that. That's a healthy thing, yeah, and it keeps me on track. Yeah, it's it's like the if you if you're not with God and your life is in opposition to God, like the Bible is, the Bible does use that kind of fear. Like you sh- you should be afraid mm-hmm. if you if you are not with God and you haven't you know laid down your life, accepted Christ, come to know Him and yeah. Him know you. At the end of time. The Bible's clear. You you don't have a space with God in the kingdom of God. If if you're going to say, "Hey, you know, my life is my own. I'm not doing this whole God thing. I don't yeah. need you, God." I you do have course cause to fear. That's the, right. The wrath of God, and that's a whole different thing in itself, or not different thing, but that's a whole other conversation in itself. But the perfect love casts out fear, or um, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's like. When you come into a relationship with Christ, when your eyes are opened and you're like, wow, I see the world from this view now. Yeah. God's yeah. created this good, perfect world. I getting in, in <laughs> I was about to say getting in bed with mm-hmm. sin, but I guess that's a good, <laughs> that's a good analogy. But combining sure. myself, uh, not being born into sin, I've done everything in my power to, to, disrupt all of God's good world and to ruin it. And I have a part in that. And I see that, oh man, I've had a part of this. And I come into this moment with Christ and that's taken away. Mm -hmm. And so this fear is no longer about condemnation. It's no longer about the wrath of God, which is where that perfect love comes in, right? If, If I'm satisfied and secure in love, I no longer have to fear God and I not being okay. That's right. But you take that into healthy fear. If I really want to acknowledge God for who he is and this relationship for the best that it can, or, or the, the to maximize this relationship to the best that I, as I can, I do need to be in fear of God because yeah. if, if I don't see God for who he is as God of the universe versus what we typically like to do, which is like, 
pocket god, which is this tiny little god who's just around yeah. and he's usually presented as a physical book in front of me. It's like, that's not fear. Like anybody who's ever met an angel or, or Elijah or anybody who has like Moses and Elijah, they're like, I want to see you, God. And he's yeah. like, you should be deathly afraid to see me because that's exactly what's waiting for you. You'll, yeah. you'll, your skin, everything, your body will just vaporize if <laughs> yeah. you see me. And so there yeah. is that fear of like that healthy fear in the relationship with God is, is I'm no longer afraid that God and I are not okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fearful in like this reverence piece that I acknowledge how insignificant and punitive I actually am to God, yeah, which yeah. just sets the heart into humility of like, when you realize God for, and I, I say, I've said that at Parks so many times, like, I think the best thing the human spirit needs from God is to, is when God becomes God again, yeah. not just yeah. like, oh, it's God and like little God. No, it's when God becomes God, the human spirit, that's when you really experience the fear of the Lord, where it's just like, oh my gosh, you are God. Yeah, that's so and good. the fact that you want to take that unhealthy side of fear out of things. Wow. Like yeah. that's where the heart's just like, oh my gosh. And so I, th I think like, you know, if you're listening and it's, you, you're understanding that whether it's like chronic fear, chronic anxiety, you're living in these space or you're going through a circumstance right now. I, th I do. I think it is the reestablishment of a daily, mm -hmm. like a daily reestablishment of what does the word say? The word says that God is with me, yeah. I'm not alone. If I am in Christ, he is with me. If That's I've right. chosen him, he is with me. And so henceforth, God, teach me how to trust you today. Yeah. And it's, today. It, it, is the, it, it, it does go back to the kind of death to self, that we die to ourselves every day because that unhealthy fear is really about ourselves and we're wrapped up in ourselves. Yeah. And, and I hope that, that someone listening right now will understand that um, it's, it's not, it doesn't mean you're a weak Christian. Right. If you struggle with fear, mm. it, it it's not even wrong um, necessarily to have those things kind of float through our minds once in a while, because some of it's humanity. Some of it is the enemy. You know, it it, it, it all kind of melds together. It, it's not that that we're bad. It's not that we even don't understand a relationship with Christ. Or we don't have enough faith. Or we don't right? have enough faith. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It, I hope no one feels that way Absolutely when they not. deal with this yeah. because, you know, the best example uh, about everything we're talking about right now is when Jesus and the disciples were on the boat, mm. you know, and then they were in the middle and, and the sea of Galilee was just rocking and there were waves. And, and one day I'll, I'll tell this story, but I was actually on the sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm one time. Oh, and it really is because you're in this kind of valley and the wind kind of, it was, it was crazy. But anyway, it was a bad storm. And these disciples were, they were afraid. They were mm. scared to death. And then Jesus is over here sleeping. Right. And they're like, what are you doing? You know, we're about to die here and you're sleeping. Yeah. And, and so the bottom line is those disciples, they weren't bad people. And they, they did have faith. They were following the Messiah. They were with him. They were doing everything that he asked them to do. Yet they still had a moment of fear, knowing that God is in this boat with them right here sleeping. And he's not worried. So why should I be worried? Yes. 
And and Jesus just says, you know, you don't have to be afraid when I'm with you. Right. You don't have to be afraid. And and I think that if we can remind ourselves of that in those moments, mm. that it doesn't matter. And I know the world says it matters. And I know that, you know, my friends might even say it matters. My spouse may even say it matters. But if we can start talking to ourselves and dying to ourselves in those moments of anxiety and fear and say, you know, this is really, this is scary, but Jesus is asleep right next to me. Mm. So, so why do I really need to worry about this? Mm. Because he's going to take care of this. He is. And it's that old Dale Carnegie thing. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Maybe the worst will happen, but if the worst does happen, Jesus is right here in the boat Still with me. There. He's in the boat. Still there. And so that's, that's a, everyday kind of living it out thing. Yeah. I know it It sounds much simpler than it is. I oh get gosh, it. Yeah. I get it. But I do think that if we can, can move toward that in our understanding, mm. that unhealthy fear is always out there to destroy us. It's always there to destroy us. It's always there to make us feel less than. Right. Healthy fear is moving us toward the things of God. Absolutely. Uh, and and so this is it's just this is so interesting though. It I, I want yeah. to I'm glad you want to do this next week too yeah. about now what are you thinking about the relational aspects of this where fear is the cause of division. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sep- it, it separates and isolates you and that's going to yeah. be a good combo. Yeah, it will for be. A fact. Well that it man that's that's We've been going almost 40 minutes. That's wild how fast these things go so quick. But uh, yeah, I, I hope that this start of the conversation helps and uh, it gives you some more to think about. So uh, with that, we will see you yeah. back here next can I, week. Can I come yeah. give you a hug? Come give me a hug. All yeah. right. <laughs> we'll see you next week, y'all. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in to the Centenary Podcast and we'll see you back here for the next episode.